0: Hello and welcome to the Poetry Exchange. I'm Fiona Bennett.
1: And I'm Michael Schaefer.
0: Well, it's fantastic to be back and to be bringing uh, a conversation this week from our recent trip to Manchester and a wonderful couple of days there in Manchester Central Library, wasn't it, Michael?
1: I was really uh, impressed. I don't think I've ever been to a library quite that vibrant and... Uh, Buzzy full of all sorts of different people doing different things. They've got music rooms where you can play instruments and it's just really well used. It feels like a fantastic example of of what libraries can be. So if you're anywhere near Manchester, get yourself down to the library.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And we were there uh, as part of International Mother Languages Day because Manchester is has recently been given the recognition of being a UNESCO City of Literature. Mm. And so it was wonderful to have a connection into that and to kind of be part of that. And also with the hosting, co-hosting at the library with Manchester's Creative Writing School from Manchester Metropolitan University. So it was lovely to be kind of feeling part of that really extraordinary literature scene that is Manchester.
1: Yeah, and we were so warmly welcomed by everybody there. So um, yeah, our thanks to everyone for, for giving us such a great couple of days. And we also met some fantastic people and mm. some fantastic poems. Mm. And uh, I'm, I, it's kind of amazing, I think, that we've been doing this now for three years. Yeah. And this is the first time we've had somebody bring in a Dylan Thomas poem. I think and he's a giant, he's a titan.
0: You took those words out of my mouth,
1: like, Oh, did I?
0: Yeah. So yeah, I think that's great.
1: Yeah. And
0: this was also one of those conversations that was, because usually when we're doing this, we have our slots that people can book into, but this was one of those lovely extra slots that we made happen because we met someone who's working there and it felt like it would be great just to include... Uh, f- well, we just wanted to find out about the poem that had been a friend to her, and so we did.
1: Yeah, it's terrific. We, let's be honest now, Faye. We had a late cancellation. Okay. All right. And uh, <laughs> rather brilliantly, you uh, went and found Angela, who we who you'd met before, mm. and um, asked her if she wanted to come and talk to us. If she had a poem that had been a friend to her, and I think she accepted almost, kind of immediately. Yes,
0: I knew she would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't. You know, I'm. Not, I'm not into. You know,
1: dragging people in unwillingly
0: to this experience
1: (laughs) and uh, yeah she was terrific so you'll be listening to myself and Fiona talking about The Force That Through The Green Fuse Drives The Flower by Dylan Thomas the poem that's been a friend to Angela Terrific to hear you read this poem. If that would be all right. Sure. Thank you.
2: I'll probably go a bit Welsh when. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> the force that through the green fuse drives the flower drives my green age, that blasts the roots of trees is my destroyer, and I am dumb to tell the crooked rose my youth is bent by the same wintry fever. The force that drives the water through the rocks drives my red blood, that dries the mouthing streams turns mine to wax, and I am dumb to mouth into my veins how at the mountain spring the same mouth sucks. The hand that whirls the water in the pool stirs the quicksand, that ropes the blowing wind hauls my shroud sail, and I am dumb to tell the hanging man How of my clay is made the hangman's lime The lips of time leech to the fountain head, Love drips and gathers But the fallen blood shall calm her sores And I am dumb to tell a weather's wind How time has ticked a heaven round the stars And I am dumb to tell the lover's tomb How at my sheet goes the same crooked worm Brilliantly read.
1: Amazing. Should I start with my confession? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She said, I think that's the first Dylan Thomas poem I've ever heard.
2: <gasps> oh. Don't know any. Oh, please let it be the, not the last. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> After that, Angela, I don't think it will be. Oh, I don't
2: think it will be. <laughs> that
0: was lovely then. That was lovely. How did it feel just then, just reading it then?
2: it was it was good it's been a long time since i've actually read that one aloud so uh it was good to to actually feel it again because i don't i feel poems when i read them uh if i'm reading poetry at home i'll normally walk around actually reading it because it's very much about sound for me yeah i mean when i'm writing my own poetry i have to actually speak it to make sure that it feels right i'm not i mean even though i I was for a long time what people would describe as a page poet in that i didn't do performance until fairly recently Mm. um, i've always needed to hear my poems Mm. uh, it's no good just seeing them Mm. written down Mm. Mm. and poets that i love tend to be poets that i love the sound of
0: and that's also true for Dylan Thomas, isn't it? Oh, very it? much so. Himself,
2: I think. Yeah, I mean, if you've heard his own mm. um, recordings mm. I you you can tell he, he inhabits those poems. Mm. Obviously, it's a, a good Welsh voice is perfect for poetry anyway. I mean, mm. I've lost most of my accent, but uh, bits mm. of it creep in now and again. Mm. But uh, mm. it's, it's the, that, the whole music and poetry thing. Mm-hmm. Lovely.
1: When did you first come across this
2: one? Uh, when I was a teenager, probably about 14, 13,
1: 14. At school?
2: At school, oh yes. Uh,
1: in uh, Wales? In
2: Wales.
1: Whereabouts in Wales? Um,
2: they're on the valley, so the old mining territories. My, my granddad used to work in the mines. And uh, they're on, there's a very, very green place. So... Um, you're very much in in nature there even though it's also the coal mines and the, the terraced houses you go fr- from your terraced house and you go up the hills and there're sheep wandering around and so yeah
1: <laughs> and you're right there yeah mm-hmm. in, right the, there. in the in the countryside mm. And,
2: mm. and a lot of this poem spoke to that that sort of adolescent thing is that sort of that, that beginning to Understand mortality and connection, and also I just loved the way the words sounded. And it, it, I think Dylan Thomas really uh, was part of my first understanding of how words can really, really affect you, really hit you in the gut.
1: It's sort of visceral, isn't it? The oh, language ab- somehow, ab- and it's
2: absolutely. The lips of time leech to the fountain head. Love drips and gathers yeah it it thats sort of totally
1: it's always really sort of rooted in the sound and the music of mm-hmm. it, isn't it
2: yeah i mean Dylan Thomas does that a lot um i mean the, the i mean the other Dylan Thomas poem which really really uh, affected me um was um do not go gentle into that good night which mm. I think more people will know than this one mm-hmm. um and that in fact i mean a different way it, it, it taught me a lot about. Uh, shape of poetry. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this is more about the, the guts of the poetry. <laughs>
0: Lovely. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, even "Do Not Go Gentle" has got the guts, but it's also got the shape. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know if I always understand what's happening
2: here. Uh, I don't always understand what's happening. Any really good poem, you don't all understand everything all at once, and sometimes you don't understand everything ever. But. It, you know it's there, and there's something that connects with you. I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's
2: beautiful. I mean, the thing with Dylan Thomas, I mean, there, there are bits of Dylan Thomas poems where I think, well, I know what it means in a gut sense, but if you if you ask me to sort of parse it to uh, explain it, you know, word by word, why is it, why is it this word not that word? Because it needs to be that word, but don't ask me to tell you why. It's yeah. like it's
1: understood in a felt sense. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: That's it, understood in the body and not the head, yeah. you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, if if you actually look at it, uh, I mean, the structure mm. it is, is quite intellectual in, in, in a sense. You know, there's a balancing of this in nature with this in myself. I am dumb to tell the crooked rose my youth is bent by the same wintry fever. That, that sort of, I can't tell my body, my, myself, about this thing, which is parallel with this thing in nature. And it's it's the pat, it's that pattern all the way through.
1: Yes, I was going to ask yeah. about that. That repetition of, yeah. and I am and, um, dumb. Yeah. What's that about for you?
2: It's about sort of uh, how that you know these things, but you, you can't necessarily communicate with the other, the other things to say, look, I'm like you. you. Nature can affect you, but you can't quite give that back. I'm, I'm inarticulate.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, yeah it's,
0: it's, it's like the same energy mm. Mm. that's inside yeah. this wind or inside this rose or inside this water mm. is in me, mm but I can't speak back to it mm. in the way that it can make me feel. It can make me feel. Mm. It can batter me, it's, 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 it's but I can't, it, yeah. with my words,
2: yeah. come back at it, even and though it, that is what he's doing in the yeah. poem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's also sort of, in a sense, you can't comfort, because he's talking mm. about, you know, um, I can't comfort the rose for being crooked by saying, look, I, it, that, that thing that's affecting you, that's, make, that's making you... Uh, Age to be kept crooked is going to affect me too. A lot of it is about mortality, inarticulacy, and it's the sort of thing that really gets you when you're 15. <laughs> well,
0: you say this, but I mean, I, I was very struck by that when you said it. You know, I, I met it when I was 17, and yeah. it mm. uh, and it was all about mortality and connection. And I'm, I'm not sure I was onto mortality and connection when i was 15 michael i, I don't know about you oh, but
1: certainly
0: wasn't. Can, can you can you say any more about that i mean well,
2: no, I th- I th- maybe I was, I was just a strange child possibly no no i'm sure not <laughs> I, mean, I, I was always a, yeah, a, a sort of a reading child uh-huh. a, and a, a dreaming child if you like i I'd, I'd, i was one of these children who'd sit and watch uh, the, Ants building a nest. I I, I wasn't uh, a particularly typical child. I I read everything I could lay my hands on, which um, meant that by the time I was about nine or 10, I'd read everything in the children's library. So I was using my parents' tickets to read all the adult library books. (laughs) So yeah, maybe maybe that's why I I wasn't uh, very typical in that sense.
0: And I'm very interested in, at that time, and also now, how you connect to my green age.
2: Well, green green as in young, mm. yeah. Yeah, so so it it was the sort of, the life that's in the flowers is also the life that's in me, so is that connection with nature.
0: And if you were feeling those kinds Mm. of things as a dreaming (laughs) child or young person, To, to then find in a book mm. that's in school,
2: mm. I came across it in school. That, mm. But then I got my parents to get me a copy of the collected poems of Dylan Thomas. Mm. My Christmas lists were always books, yeah, and mm. <coughs> mostly poetry. When I was reading Robert Graves and E. Cummings. Mm. I, was really, I was really upset because my parents got me what they thought was the complete collected works of e. e. Cummings, but of course it came in two volumes. But it didn't say Volume One and Volume <laughs> Two. It said
1: U, the years
2: or whatever oh, yes. so, yes. so they, they got me one half of it and it was the half with it, which had the index in so I could see which poems I didn't have, I, I mean I, I eventually managed to get get the set, the, the other volume <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's good yeah.
2: so it is it, it, for me poetry yeah it is very much a sort of like Gut thing as, as well. I mean, I love people who are clever with words, but being clever with words isn't enough.
1: And is this um, the, the the connection with nature through mm. this poem you spoke about? Mm. Was that also you? Was it either reading or or being in nature and being mm. outside? You were on the edge of you know in the yeah. Pit I town. mean, I, I
2: mean, I used to go sort of wandering up on the hills on my own. You took a sandwich with you. Came back for tea.
1: And, you know, a a, a child that that read prodigiously Mm -hmm. and uh, here we are now in Manchester Central Library and I'm meeting you for the first time and you you work here in the library?
2: Yes, I I work in the library.
1: Are there opportunities for you now to be in this kind of connection with nature that was on your doorstep as a kid.
2: Not as much by a long way, but I mean, I think I've I've gone more towards the sort of the, the whole words thing rather than the nature thing. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: I do performance poetry, um, just made me open mic, so I've done a few guest slots, but that um, has only been a fairly recent thing. Mm. So yeah,
1: that requires some bravery. I would imagine.
2: I, 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 I don't know, I, th- I think uh, I, I become somebody different when, I, when I'm on uh-huh. stage. When I started off, I'd quite often do a whole... Because I don't wear makeup normally. I'd do a whole sort of makeup and glitter and... Brilliant. Yeah. Oh,
1: wow. An you alter ego. A whole persona. An alter ego. Yeah,
2: mm, right. persona. Yeah. Right. So, so the, then when you're on stage, it's not you, it's
1: yeah.
2: The the poet. But that makes
0: sense that you would you know, this this interest in the, in, in the poem aloud mm-hmm. and the speaking and the embodying. I was very struck when you spoke initially, you weren't just talking about reading it aloud, you were talking about walking and reading it mm. aloud. Oh, yeah. You know, that is full engagement of the mm-hmm. full body and the mm-hmm. breath with the utterance mm-hmm. of the thing. And actually, it seems inevitable, therefore, that you would end up mm-hmm. needing to perform mm-hmm. almost in order to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, have mm-hmm. that connection of body to
2: emitting of poem. Yeah, I mean, quite often I'll act out to some extent my poems as well.
0: I want to ask you about, in fact, what I'd like to ask you, could you read the third stanza again and then just tell me something about what comes up for you
2: as you read that. The hand that whirls the water in the pool, stirs the quicksand, that ropes the blowing wind, hauls my shroud sail, and I am dumb to tell the hanging man how of my clay is made the hangman's lime? Yeah, that that one's not an easy stanza. to... Mm. That's one that I wouldn't be able to pause no, in no, that no. sense. But uh, I mean, the, the sense again, especially the, the last one. I'm dumb to tell the hanging man how of my clay is made the hangman's lime. I'm part of that destruction as well as experiencing the destruction. I love that pattern.
0: I mean, the pattern is very mm. tight, isn't mm-hmm. it? In it because mm-hmm. it, you know the structure of yeah. every single stanza mm-hmm. is exactly mm-hmm. as it is, the force, the force, mm-hmm. the hand, the lips, mm-hmm. that does this. Mm-hmm. I mean, even uh-huh. to the length of the line, mm-hmm. is my destroyer, turns mine to yeah. wax, hauls my shroud. Oh yeah, the sail. Rhythm,
2: rhythm is the same through each yeah. stanza, until so you get to the end and you've got that, that shortened bit that's a final, uh, and I'm, th- this is the thing that I'm really dumb to tell. It, it kind of feels like this is the, the hardest thing in the sense to say that you can't say.
1: Mm. Just read that for us, Angela. And
2: I am dumb to tell the lover's tomb how at my sheet goes the same crooked worm.
1: Give me a sense of what that, what, what you get from that. I actually,
2: the, the lover's tomb, I, I always get the, an image of Romeo and Juliet in there. Um, I don't know whether, whether Dylan meant it to be there, but that's where it is for me, and it's the whole like, concept of the, tra- the tragic lover and death is coming, the, the crooked worm, which is the be- medieval concept of the maggot, the sheet, the winding sheet. Uh, so, yes, yes. yes, I too will die, be gnawed by yeah. <laughs> the worms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, uh. But I can't tell the lovers this. And for them, their tragedy feel is, like, unique to them. Mm. That's
0: very good, isn't it?
2: Mm-hmm. That's
0: very good.
2: Yeah, I love the alliteration there. Uh, uh, do do like the use of alliteration in mm-hmm. poetry. It's, uh, mm-hmm. I am dumb to tell a weather's wind, how time has ticked to heaven round the stars. And you think, if he only hadn't drunk himself to death, but then you think, if he hadn't been the sort of man who was going to drink himself to death, would he have written the same poems? Mm. And Probably not. No,
0: I'm not sure that the force mm. that threw the green fuse was driving him would have been the same.
2: Mm.
1: I'm interested to know how this has changed for you over the years.
2: I mean, I think in some ways it's, it's a fixed point in my past, but in some ways, I mean, I, mm. as, as an older person, I can actually look back on my younger self and think, well, yes, actually, you were a bit of a melodramatic little so-and-so, <laughs> and that's why you liked <laughs> <did> it so much.
1: <laughs> we often ask people uh, if this poem were a, a friend to you, what kind of a friend do you think it would be? Uh,
2: this poem... Probably would be the sort of friend that I, I, I'd go, go, go out for a drink with and get sort of melancholy drunk with and have a good weep and then <laughs> go, yeah, right, okay, let's go off and do something else. Brilliant. <laughs> <Yeah>. Brilliant. <laughs>
0: Brilliant.
1: Great. Is it that sort of melancholy for a, a, a time past in a way or is it does the melancholy come from from what's actually in the poem, or just the way it makes you feel when you read it?
2: I think it's sort of m- more that, that that sort of slight melodrama because I mean, there is a slight melodrama to it, mm. <laughs> and it's it's a sort of melodrama that I enjoyed. So it's like yeah, let's go there. It's a bit like let's go there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, though. let's yeah. sit and drink and talk yeah. about. This yeah. stuff, you know, oh, really? let's and go let, there and let's, it's let, that let, kind of drug? Let, let, yeah. let's read, the, re, read that old love letter from, from the, the ex that I really w- wish I hadn't broken up with. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do all that stuff that we know isn't terribly safe for
0: our yeah. mental health or good for us or healthy yeah. or positive. Yeah. Let's just do all that dark stuff mm. on a, with a bottle of bourbon and, mm. you know, whatever. That's great. The force that through the green fuse drives the flower. The force that through the green fuse drives the flower, drives my green age, that blasts the roots of trees is my destroyer. And I am dumb to tell the crooked rose my youth is bent by the same wintry fever. The force that drives the water through the rocks drives my red blood, that dries the mouthing streams, turns mine to wax. And I am dumb to mouth unto my veins how at the mountain spring the same mouth sucks. The hand that whirls the water in the pool, stirs the quicksand. That ropes the blowing wind, hauls my shroud sail. And I am dumb to tell the hanging man how of my clay is made the hangman's lime. The lips of time leech to the fountain head. Love drips and gathers, but the fallen blood shall calm her sores. And I am dumb to tell a weather's wind how time has ticked a heaven round the stars. And I am dumb to tell the lover's tomb how at my sheet goes the same crooked worm.
1: That was Fiona with the gift reading at the end there. And uh, Fee, I was just saying to you, I can't, um, I sort of almost can't fathom this. There's something mm. about the, just the sounds of the words, the mm-hmm. power of the sound of the words mm. that, I, I don't know, it sort of does strange, funny things to my brain. I've been kind of slightly blown away by Dylan Thomas and this poet.
0: Well, then he's, his work is, 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 is out as he wanted it to be. Uh, I think, you know, you did say titan of poetry on on the way in. And I think the feelings that Angela was kind of talking about of that embodiment of things and the kind of, yeah, that that in a sense it hit kind of hit her being in all its ways. And, I you know, we go to poetry to go beyond language in its everyday way and yet through language. So, you know... Uh, music, painting, dance—they work beyond language because they are not of language, mm. and in a sense, Dylan Thomas was able to dance with words. Put it put it in that way. Oh, I think that's maybe. great. And I do remember that there has been one or two other occasions where the poem that somebody's chosen to bring from a poet who has an enormous body of work has been an early poem, a poem from the poet as a young writer, and uh, Dylan Thomas was 17, I believe, about 17, when he wrote this poem. And it just seems interesting that those early, I guess, where often it is happening out of that kind of rush of a need to articulate and understand and express the world that's happening uh, in your young adulthood or in your of emerging self. That, that's what grabs the poet in the moment of writing and that's what grabs the reader too, yeah, yeah.
1: somewhere. I didn't know that, that's amazing. Mm. We had um, Roy McFarlane bring in a Langston Hughes poem, The Negro Speaks of Rivers," that was written when he was 19. I think so, I think. yeah. So yeah, something about that life force perhaps, I don't know. So of course, um, huge thanks to oh. Angela for uh, stepping in at the last minute so brilliantly and uh, giving us a wonderful conversation. And to everybody again at Manchester Central Library, and of course to David Hyam, Literary Associates, Weidenfeld and Nicholson, who are the publishers, and the Dylan Thomas Trust. We're gonna put a link on the information page to the Dylan Thomas Trust so you can find out more there. And this poem comes from... The Collected Works, I think. Collected Poems of Dylan Autonomous, the centenary edition, is where you can currently find it. And we'll have details of that on the the information page as well.
0: So wonderful to be in Manchester and uh, hopefully we might be able to share some of the other conversations that we had there and hopefully we will also be returning and doing some more conversations perhaps in Manchester Central Library but also very excitingly opening soon will be the new poetry library in Manchester, uh, which is being opened at Manchester Metropolitan University on Oxford Road. I think the building is nearly complete. I'm not sure of the exact date of opening, uh, but I'm sure you will be finding out about it. Uh, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be different and it's going to take its place, I think, alongside the other fantastic poetry libraries of uh, the UK. and um, We'll have, a, am um, sure, a strong link with them too, but we'll also do something different so it'd be interesting to see how that is
1: we're very grateful to have received uh, some donations recently for the project Um, if you did want to donate us something however small uh, you can go to the website and there's a button there that will um, point you the way
0: we'll be back with you next month with more poems as friends so until then thank you for listening